potential and possibilities, discussions with fascinating people, designing a better tomorrow for all of us. I'm your host, Ira Pastor. Welcome everybody again to another episode of our show, bringing you another really fascinating guest today. Uh, today we have the honor of being joined by Dee Siren, uh, who is a, a veteran uh, adult entertainment professional. She wears many titles uh, currently in the industry, including as a performer, a director, a producer, uh, a sex educator, a content creator, and she's also the chief executive officer of her own studios, Siren Triple X Studios. Um, Dee attended uh, University of Texas uh, in San Antonio, uh, originally earning a degree in uh, interdisciplinary studies and a certificate in education, uh, and she began a career actually in teaching before segueing uh, into the adult entertainment business. Uh, she is also uh, currently a certified sex educator by the American College of Sexologists and currently offers uh, life coaching and career consultation uh, at uh, mykamasutra.com where she uses her extensive knowledge to assist others in uh, finding help healthier, happier relationships. Um, in addition to all that, uh, she's also doing some really cool things on the on the cutting edge of the industry. She's a brand ambassador for ePlay, which is involved in all sorts of uh, uh, streaming activities. She's also uh, a member consultant to uh, to Vice World uh, DAO, where uh, they're focused on producing all sorts of interesting new content in the uh, in the metaverse. Uh, we're doing VR and alternative reality and so forth. A lot of really cool things. Um, we're honored to have with us today, um, D Siren. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on our show today. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of really cool things I want to really get into today. Um, I would like to, as we typically do, though, uh, sort of hand things over to you at the beginning, just to talk a little bit more about you. And if we could, I guess, start off from sort of when you, the background, sort of when you were born, where you grew up, and a little bit up until 2009. Uh, where you first began to pursue sort of webcam modeling and so forth. If you get, give us the, the, the beginning story where all this began. I think that'd be a great way to start off. Um, I am from Texas, born and raised and still live here. Um, I, so what did I do? <laughs> I, I've had all kinds of jobs in my life. Like I, I worked at the grocery store. I uh, sold insurance with a big insurance company for a lot of years. Um, I have three children. I was married for 25 years. And um, yeah, I was a teacher before I went into the adult industry. Um, you know, teachers are one of those people that they're, it's teachers, lawyers, policemen, like 
certain jobs, you just don't have a lot of time to um, spend with, like, I didn't have a lot of time to spend with adults. Um, those other jobs are just super stressful. So um, when I did have time to spend with adults in the weekends, then, you know, uh, then it was time to go. <laughs> like, okay, so um, my husband and I um, became swingers um, back in, shoot, I think it was 2006. Um, and, you know, we, before that I was monogamous, totally like, you can't say he was, but I was. And, um, you know, I kind of just like had been raised by parents that they're not religious in the least, but super conservative. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, being from Texas and that type of, um, family, like I think one person in my family have gotten a divorce. Um, so it was like, okay, you're rolled into the family when my husband decided to ask me to marry him. And yeah, I mean, you just had to like stick around, <laughs> but, um, I, at that time we'd gone through kind of a blow up in our marriage. And, you know, like I said, I was monogamous. He wasn't, <laughs> but, um, I also was super committed to making sure, you know, we stayed married because I had three kids and wanted, you know, dad to be there. So um, I, you know, agreed to open up my mindset, you know, look at things in a different light and, you know, not necessarily go by what society tells me to do, but to um, kind of step into his world and his, mm -hmm. his world a little crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, I mean, I was just more conservative and he came from a totally different background. Um, so it was more like he tried out the conservative route that didn't work for him. So it was my turn to try out the more uh, open minded uh, route. And so we became um, non-monogamous. Uh, we started swinging. We tried that out. Um, he was always a voyeur and wanted to watch me with other people. And I, you know, at that stage, we actually got onto a swinging website that was local and they had a webcam. And that's kind of like one of the first things we did was play with each other and let people watch. And mm -hmm. um, I realized, oh, I kind of enjoy the exhibitionism and I kind of enjoy the performing and, you know, just see the numbers kind of <laughs> up, the, <laughs> up the little screen. You know, it was kind of like, oh, that's exciting. So um, and we made a lot of friends. Uh, we started hosting parties in the in the swinging lifestyle and uh, became pretty common. And, and and that was kind of like our thing. So we threw lots of big um cosplay type of parties in the swinging community in Houston at the time and they, there was a lot of clubs around for us to do that and it was it was a lot of fun um I can say swinging is a lot more in in my experience a lot more crazy than it, it became in the adult industry and that was part of the reason I chose the adult industry was because well for several reasons but one of them was kind of like I had a little bit more control over <laughs> who was there, what was happening, um, right. if I chose to do it as a career. Plus, I um, I was teaching, and I was pretty miserable teaching. Um, I loved, I, I taught kindergarten, first grade, so babies, and I loved the kids, um, but hated the school system. Um, they didn't allow me to teach the way I was trained to teach. They It was very uh, micromanaged and and not appropriate for the that age of kids, but they didn't care. So um, mm -hmm. I uh, I got real 
uh, disheartened. It was after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, and we're here in Houston. So, like, lots of people transitioned here, um, which changed the environment of my school, um, which was not, well, it was a bad thing, only because the school system and the um, people in charge did not know how to handle that situation. So, like, our, our population changed drastically, and it became really um, a very at-risk population that needed yeah. you know lots and lots of help and and it was just kind of heartbreaking so um after spending a year of just kind of chaos um in the school system and not being able to really change anything um and not having support of administration i just got fed up and i think you know i think the swing was kind of like an outlet to mm -hmm. the stress of my my life as a teacher you just don't spend time with other teachers they don't really do that and you're just not around any adults because I taught little kids so I it was an outlet to that it was a way to make friends um in in the community and people that were more like-minded um open to what we were doing and and uh and honestly it I had been you know considering myself straight for the whole time until I kind of opened that door to my sexuality, becoming a swinger and um, being open to being with women um, physically and then realizing, oh, I, I, I guess I'm more bisexual than I am straight because <laughs> I, I it wasn't it wasn't just a um, it wasn't just like, OK, I'm playing for, you know, boys attention. I that's what I did in college, <laughs> the lipstick <laughs> lesbian. Um, but I became more. Um, you know, it was like, oh, I actually had relationships and I had friendships and and people, girls that I became close to. And so then it became like them and their spouse were close. But swinging is a difficult thing to do, uh, to be honest. Like most of them are, are under the radar. Uh, mm -hmm. It's very discreet. And uh, like I said, lots of doctors, lawyers, policemen, teachers, you know, really professional jobs um are in that community so they want to keep everything under wraps and that was okay but my husband was like the picture taker he always recorded and he always watched and he took pictures and of everything that was going on and and of course we shared it you know privately back then um and then um I because of my job I was so fed up and I had a friend who was also a swinger and she introduced me to webcam um mm -hmm. I she did it again under the radar, like no one knew that that's what she did. She just was like, hey, you want to give it a try? I know how much you hate teaching and, and you want to try something different. And back then I had little kids and and I, you know, was I would be so fed up from teaching that I didn't want to be with them. So my goal really was to be home with them. Yep. Um, I had one that was three and it was kind of like my last opportunity to actually be home with one of my kids where the other two were always at daycare um so i um i gave it a shot over a summer uh i pretty much had already put in my head that i was going to leave teaching but i you know still waited uh did it between you know the end of school um in may to like mid-july was when i had to make a choice and i made like almost I would say at least half of my income that I made as a teacher in two months. So it was just ridiculous that I would ever go back to teaching. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is crazy. Plus I could work at night and, you know, I, 
could spend the rest of my time with my kids. Mm -hmm. So I was able to work from 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. I wouldn't suggest it. (laughs) (laughs) Only at least not for me. I'm not quite the night owl. And it was it was tough. It was tough to do that. So I did it for six months straight up. Um, But I also um, started to explore my own body, my own, you know, self and like, what do I like to have? Like before this, I never even owned a sex toy. And it was like, oh, look, this is a whole new world of like mm-hmm. uh, toys and playing and doing different things. And any request you could get out of anywhere comes from webcam. Like they're, they're off the wall kind of requests. And some of them, of course, I would never do again. <laughs> I say again, because I did. <laughs> like right. I'm, I pretty much was the girl who said, just didn't say no. Okay. Right? I was kind of like, I'll give it a try and see what it's like. So um, I did that strictly for six months, did really well, was uh, real popular, but like a whole group of my swinging friends then kind of joined once I mm. got into it. And that's when this was like when I began, webcam was not even close to being the animal it is today. It. Um, it it was, you know, scanning your documents and, and sending, emailing them in. And it it was all private. So there was nothing you could just go watch for free. Um, everything was in a room. And so I did real well with the private stuff um, because, like I said, I would take requests for different things. And I did real well. But... Uh, I don't know. At, at one point, I think my husband took a picture of me and with some large object. <laughs> and I uh, was hit up by Nadia Alicia. She's out of Tampa. She and her husband hit me up and were like, do you want to make a video with us? So um, my very first adult film was called Huge Holes 15. So <laughs> it was yeah. all about huge toys, like just big, huge crazy ass toys and that was um alicia was considered the queen of extreme so like it was just all these crazy big toys and honestly i never even used a huge toy before i just agreed to the video and then i was like oh shit (laughs) maybe i should try out one of those toys so i went and bought one i think from spencer's i think it was like literally (laughs) because i was like where do i even get this like i don't know (laughs) and there was no amazon there was no nothing to like go and find these toys that online back then um so yeah I mean it was fun I had such a good time I built such a good relationship with her and her husband and they kind of shared their you know secrets to success with us um on how to build a network how to build a website you know what way to go and this is Mm -hmm. really before social media kind of popped off so Twitter was around um but even then I don't think Twitter was so much around like at the beginning of that it was just kind of like the beginning of all of it um and yeah I mean that I I started that way within I think a month I went to Los Angeles um did an interview with Hustler um films for shoot after that everyone reality kings browsers um I don't think I ever filmed for Bang Bros. I did a feature, uh, a parody of Roots, which was interesting. Um, I did, um, shoot, really I, what I would do is go and film for other people as marketing for myself, because mm-hmm. that's what I learned from her was to, you know, you don't have to, you don't want to film everything with other people. You want to make your own content. And sure, this sure. is before content creators existed. Like that's, yep. that's a new term. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, I built a, a platform and I built a, 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 um, a network of websites later on. Um, mm-hmm. But at that stage, it was more about, okay, filming as much as we could uh, together, myself, and my husband, and then adding other people into it and just starting to build a, a library of content. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, uh, yeah, it, I never kind of looked back. I mean, it was, it was definitely with the flow of what my life was at the time. And, and I just, I've always been someone who believes in my intuition and someone who, you know, when other people decide to tell me what to do, or I follow somebody else's path, it just doesn't work. So I've always been one to say, okay, that I'm going to, I'm going to kind of be out of the box and well, I was always out of the box, but, (laughs) and, and just follow my own, you know, Dharma, which now I understand. And (laughs) and I teach. yeah, that's pretty much how I got into the industry and started to grow from there. I like that point about intuition. I mean, Einstein said that that was the highest form of intelligence. So there's, there's something to it, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, As you know, you know, I was looking and, you know, you, you brought us up to 2009 as your formal date for entering the industry 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because, and, and I have over a, a decade on you, but thinking back, because you're, you're born right in the middle of, you know, I guess what was originally classified the golden age, right? So you had, you know, all the performers from the 1970s, uh, John Holmes, and, and, and everybody came after that. Then we get the VCR in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we can watch stuff at home. Then the 1990s come along and we start having this pro-am stuff. Mm-hmm. And then everything explodes and everything is available on the internet and so forth. And as you were just mentioning, now the webcam and there's all this other stuff happening. Um, talk talk about, a little bit about your experiences sort of 2010 now. And I mean, what, what were some of the surprising things that maybe you thought, well, the the adult entertainment industry is like this, but no, it's not. I, and you found that X, Y, and Z. Well, this is a lot different. Whether it was you know the way you know the studios were set up to you know the the screening. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know how much sort of the health screening that goes along with all this nowadays. But talk a little bit about some of the experiences and the surprises uh, that you ran into along the way following twenty ten. Um. Well, I mean, first of all, I really wasn't, I, I didn't watch porn. Like, the, I wasn't a porn fan. That's not really who I am. Or, I mean, occasionally I watch sure. it now. I kind of like gay porn. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I I just don't, I wasn't a huge porn fan. Like, my husband was. And we would watch it together. And before that, like, very first porn was, like, on a VHS, like you said, and it was a lesbian porn, and I was like, oh, well, you know, and I saw it at my cousin's, or I, you know, would see the Playboy magazines in my cousin's bathroom that they had, and so, like, that's the first, like, experience in the industry that I I had with it, Um, and really, I didn't have much experience with it outside of that. Uh, I, I didn't really follow many people it's not like I was a really into the industry at all I it really just came to me it it, it was more something that I don't know I I know now I I'm 
certified as a spiritual life coach. So I'm super like understanding of how these things happen. And, and that, you know, I kind of, my parents are atheists, so I, I was raised as nothing. And then it was like, okay, but I have a connection with my intuition. I have a yep. connection with the universe t- kind of giving me information and telling me go this route. Like, it's okay, do this, do that. And of course I had, you know, conversations about my family because it did change my family. It did change my life. It changed a a huge part of my life. But um, yeah, as for the industry uh, at the beginning, it wasn't like now you are capable of talking to people all over the place. So it's so much easier. But back then there wasn't really anyone to like get you into the industry, at least Mm -hmm. not where I was. I was in Texas. So the industry really was based out of Los Angeles and everything was Porn Valley. Like that's where everything was. Um, and so, which is the Valley right outside of, <laughs> outside of uh, LA, sure. but it, um, I didn't really know anyone there. And so it took me, I think really it took me just being uh, offered this opportunity with Alicia once that was put out with sticky videos is, is who it was through. Mm-hmm. And it, um, uh, then it was just, my husband would chat online with people. People would see, you know, things because we posted pictures on chat rooms or, or blogs or things like that. And so finally I was approached by hustler to do the interview. Um, once I did that, then it was okay. I just, kind of open the door to everything we we tried to find real people in the industry here in texas but honestly there was nobody like Mm -hmm. they were all fake it was all bullshit i i did i did some stupid stuff that are like casting couch interviews and stuff which was like here let's do this and it's an audition and i'm like okay and i mean and it was just bullshit and so there were a lot of predatorial kind of people out there just kind of like here this is what i do but i mean the way I always looked at it, because I was already part of the swinging community, is it's just another single guy that I'm like, okay, sure, you, let's see if you're real or not. Right. And so I I just didn't have expectations of what was going to happen. I really didn't. And, and I kind of lived my life that way. I've learned that putting expectations on anything or any person only leads to disappointment. So... I, I didn't have any expectations for it. I just went with the flow and I was asked to do the interview. Then from there, um, I got in touch with a group of people that were in the industry in Los Angeles and they hooked me up with a producer who had everyone's contacts. <laughs> and, and so once I met him, it was like, oh, I've got the uh, email addresses of everyone you ever need to talk to. And so because of that contact, I was able to be in contact with everyone else. And what I learned is that in any entertainment industry, that's the most important thing is the contact who, you know, because you're not even going to get a foot in the door. Otherwise, at least not back then, back then was like, your everything was on DVD. There was internet wise. eh, I mean, it was, it was starting to be released there, but it wasn't like huge back in 2009, 10, that the internet was like popping. I mean, other than my own website, which I started to build that, you know, that took time to actually, you know, turn into something. But um, the actual working for other people, I I was on Playboy radio a lot. I did a lot of radio. I did a lot of um, 
which I totally enjoyed. Um, as you can tell, I like to talk. And, <laughs> and I did, um, yeah, the videos, I, like I said, I would go like once a month to Los Angeles. I'd stay for a week. I always had a, a very positive attitude about everything because to me, it was like an adventure. Mm -hmm. I'd been a teacher stuck in a classroom forever. And it was like, wow, this is so fun. You know, I get to go stay in Los Angeles for a week and work the whole time and get to meet people and go to parties. And, um, I did, a. I did a party for HBO for, and I was on HBO for a breast cancer uh, type of event. And mm -hmm. um, I went to, and that was just from meeting other people and them saying, Hey, you want to come along? Oh, you're in town. Now, what I did learn was to be honest, that agents kind of suck. <laughs> um, I signed up with several different agencies and they didn't ever help me. They didn't really get me work. It was more about here, let's see what people will, we can post on our website and say, these girls work for us. But but most agencies really focus on maybe one performer, two performers, you know, these top tier, perf these idea of perfect porn performers are the ones they'll put all their you know, energy into. And everybody else is just kind of like, eh. and plus I wasn't local. So that made a difference. Um, I did right away get a publicist pretty close to when I um, started because again, mm -hmm. it was kind of a group of people who a photographer, some performers, the publicist, they were all kind of a, a tight knit group of people growing within the industry that I kind of like became friends with. Um, I'm pretty much friends with, I wouldn't say everyone because of course not, but I'm, I'm pretty much friends with whoever I meet. Like I, I, I become friends with you. And then, so it was pretty easy for me to do that. It was, I, I had a, um, Sophie D she is a, a huge performer and she's been around since I was, and we filmed quite a bit, but her ex-husband was my only real agent that actually got me work. <laughs> um, so I was with him for a long time and, you know, that opened more doors to me. And so I was able to just really make good friends, make good uh, groups of people that I could make content with and trusted and felt good with, and it was comfortable and fun. Um, and then at home is where I really did my work, which was more, you know, we built the, a website and would take applications for fans to be part of what we did. And, and I was a crazy girl. Like I, <laughs> I've done anything and everything. I don't think there's anything sexual. Like that. I am like, oh yeah, I still want to do that. Cause mm. I don't think there's anything available <laughs> that, I, that, <laughs> that I haven't already done. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. You know, it, it's um, you know, as I was you know reading through because what you're talking about now, you 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 um you got an exceptional amount of of awards and accolades over the years um from from your you know everything that you've produced and 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 made and so forth. Um, however, sort of the mid mid decade things change a little bit. You were in the car accident, and this sort of takes you in a, a slight a second path here where you uh then begin to focus a lot more on uh, the consulting and the teaching and as you say in materials you you move from teaching uh kindergarten kids to teaching their parents and exactly exactly yeah and so you know i, I mentioned you know, my karma sutra in the in the intro and and 
there, there's several components to this, but one thing I just wanted to bring up, because you also mentioned it in your own life, and I think I just you know, read this, you, you talk about, you include in your teaching the fact that sex and sexuality are basic instincts, but our societies have instilled shame and judgment within us. And I think this is, you know, extremely interesting and important to, to talk about because, you know, we don't, especially in today's world, we're sort of, everything is out there that one may be interested in, but, you know, uh, I guess you still have, you know, this guy here, he's interested in, you know, busty Asian women, this woman here, she likes rough sex, whatever it may be. We still have this issue of shame in 2022. Talk about that a little bit, if you would. And what you're running into in your in your consulting um, business? I mean, shame. It's and it's not just in the consulting. It's literally like our industry itself is shamed. Um, we're put on this. I feel like a different plane of existence because um, of the shame. Because people. Because we have to. I, I look at myself being up here. Like here's regular everyone. Here's me. But. Like, really, people look at us down here because mm -hmm. they think we're kind of this underground, like, society of people who are deviants. And it's, it, you know, when it comes to um, separating you from your sexuality and from sex in general, um, there's a lot of strength and power in your sexuality and, and sex. Like, that's literally creation like you you know the point of procreation is that we create right so yeah. and and when you put this shame on it or these ideas that like we have to follow this monogamous route or we can only have you know one one partner and and that's the only kind of intimacy out there is sexual intimacy but and so you can only have be intimate with one person then you've limited this natural instinct in you to be just who you are as a human and now you put immediately this idea that it's for one thing a bad thing and um i would personally was never talked to about sex like i heard my parents talk to my brother about sex and he was like two years older so all i did was sit there and observe and <laughs> My mother will deny that, but she's full of it. <laughs> and so, yeah, like that was just not something you talk about. Like, yeah. it, it's just how are you supposed to learn then? Because in school, they don't teach it yeah. and they're really not allowed to teach it. It's not that teachers don't want to teach it. They would teach it, but the system won't allow you to teach it. You have to have parental uh you know, consent to even talk about these things. And when you do talk about them, you know, you're learning about um you know hormones and periods and and you know boys learn about certain things girls learn about something things you know pubic hairs it, it's just like things that are physically happening to your body but not how to interact with other people and so because they put this shame guilt idea that it's a bad thing on everyone um it's a it's just a means of controlling you it's just a means of taking the power away from you because you're literally cutting you know i believe in in your chakra system in your energy centers and you know your sacral region which is the energy center of creation and creativity but also sex is kind of like blocks you've society's put a block in front of it it doesn't even have to be you it's just society says nope shut that down mm -hmm. well because that's where your creativity does come from that's where you do i that's where you your confidence comes from and i learned it personally by 
truly, I was, I was a very sexual teenager, but I was not a sexual adult until I, until I broke out of the idea that I had to be monogamous because if, you know, it gets mundane and boring and you're just like, okay, I've been the same person for 10 years. And then all I'm worried about are my kids because I'm a nursing mom. And, and so women lose themselves in being mommies and men don't lose themselves because they don't, can't create that. <laughs> they can't mm. create a human like a, a woman can. So there's a break in there, but because the sex becomes something that you don't really, women look at it as I'm only supposed to do this if I'm with somebody special because that's where we're taught. Now things are a little different. Now things are opening up more and there's di everybody's more open towards sexuality at least of you know the differences in sexuality and it's like back in when I was in college it wasn't okay for me to be a lesbian it wasn't okay for me to be bisexual and it's still honestly not okay in my family to do what I do um I was disowned from the majority of my family because mm -hmm. I chose this path I still have my parents but like even then they're not okay with what I do they just kind of tolerate it because they right. have <laughs> but you know it, it's one of those things where they everyone has this idea of like I shouldn't be doing this because society tells me not to do it but I'm gonna do it anyway and I'm just gonna be a hypocrite and lie about it and say I don't do it so you know my my whole opinion is you you are put here this is you know your carbon-based body here and but your your energy is is limitless and your energy is what runs this, this system here. So why are we blocking our energy by saying, no, you can't do that? Because mm -hmm. then your brain goes, I'm going to shut that part of me down and I'm not going to do anything. So women, you know, they disassociate. They don't want to be a part of something that they don't feel like doing because in them, they don't have that confidence to feel like, oh, it's good for me to have an orgasm. It's good for me to play. It's good for me to to explore my own body. It's good for me to even masturbate. Boys, uh, masturbation's fine. Girls, nope. You know, no, you don't talk about that. You don't do that. We don't do any of those things. Now, yay, people are like, yay, sex toys. They're not so weird and gross. Like, they, people think they're disgusting. I'm like, they've been around forever. So, <laughs> but it, but as I said, I didn't even have one either because it was looked at as, oh, and some people even look at it as competition. Like, mm -hmm. okay, a sex toy is competition to your partner. Why can't you just have sex with your partner? Right. Well, why does a man masturbate? Is it because, you know, do you want to always have sex with your partner? Not necessarily. Maybe you just want self-pleasure, you know, and feel good about yourself and feel, and it's quick and fast and I'm done. You know, I don't want it yeah. to be this whole big thing with another human being. Yeah. So it's this, it was honestly stepping into, as for myself, it was stepping into my, as I say, divine masculine instead of just the feminine side of me, because we all have a feminine and a masculine energy within us. And it was really stepping into the masculine energy for me to just accept that, hey, I'm a sexual person and that's okay. It's okay to be a slut, whatever you want to call me. I really don't give a damn because I all I care about is me. In the mm -hmm. end, nobody's taking care of me, but me. And yes. nobody's taking care of my kids, but me. So I don't really care what anybody else's judgment is. And, and it's this... It's just this unspoken crap that we're just not even educate ourselves on 
sexual education because it's shameful and yeah. it's, it's gross or whatever you want to call it. So, um, and with this industry, we're just overrun even now um, by religious zealot type of people. But again, what are they trying to do? Are they really against sex and pornography or are they trying to control it? Because mm -hmm. when you control it, then you, again, you're taking power away from people. So I think if people would accept their sexuality and accept that sex is a great thing and talk more about it, because I believe that communication is everything, then we're able to make our own choices and we don't have to listen to the old ways of doing things for what reason, you know, it, it's just using your own mind. And I don't know. Yeah. I Got think it. that it's a ridiculous thing that it shamed and it, and it really like our United States it's even though it's shamed at least we have the rights to do things that we want to do yep. you know yep. other countries um a lot of the shame is like even men are shamed in the Middle East they don't touch they can't masturbate they don't touch themselves that's only for reproduction and so then they have issues with it they can't do it it, you know, they're unable to have children because they're not able to physically do it. And those are things that I, I also help people with. It's like, okay, let me teach you different ways so that you can do these things yourself with, you know, and get past all that shame. Once you, um, you know, take those, take the blinders off some of your, your clients, um, uh, you know, that you consult for, um, because you're, you know, you mentioned you know, you're known for, and you've gotten many awards for, let's just say, the more adventurous end of things. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever have clients where you have to like say uh, slow down? Um, maybe things that you don't teach. Uh, maybe you know, on the first date, you don't want to suggest this. Uh, <laughs> anything? Any interesting, funny stories where you know? Uh, okay. Um, you take the blinders off and oh, it it, it, it unleashes maybe um, too much early too much, on. Because yeah. I used to get my, my mother, you know, it's funny, funny side story real fast. But like when, when I used to steal my dad's, you know, VHS porn tapes, uh, he would be like, <laughs> he'd laugh and everything. But my mom actually would come to me and she's like, listen, what you see in these tapes may not be what your girlfriend wants on the, <laughs> and all that stuff. Um Say a couple words about which that part. Great, which yeah. is great. That's exactly what your mom should be saying. Yeah. It's that it's entertainment and it's it's not reality. Um, it's not like as you can well tell. Like <laughs> this is I don't have a sex swing. I don't, you yes. know. Instead, I have a whole yoga area <laughs> and like <laughs> I I don't spend my life, you know, having sex and 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 constantly talking about it. It's yeah. not even. And to be honest, I don't really have sex that often anymore. I'm not married anymore. And I, I'm like, eh, if I, if I'm not in the mood, I'm not in the mood. And, and I don't know. The thing is, is that, like I said, when you, um, block people from sex and sexuality, then they either choose to do, to like ignore it completely and go overboard or they, um, completely block it out of their lives where it's not any anything they want to even discuss or have anything to do with. Um, but the pro there's several problems because people just don't really know what intimacy is. Intimacy to people is just sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. 
maybe some physical intimacy with hugging or platonic affection, but even that is super limited in people. I mean, at least in my life, it was super limited throughout my whole childhood. Nobody really hugged each other. Um, I do the opposite with my children. I hug them. I, I, even though some of them don't like it, <laughs> you know, they're like, no, nah, mom, back off, you know, yeah, you but, but that's the thing is like you, it's, there's experiential intimacy and emotional intimacy and intellectual intimacy. So you can learn from each other by having a conversation and build a bond that way. And really the whole thing is connection. So intimacy, all it is, is connection. That's all it's about is connecting and, and exchanging energy in some form or fashion. And um, I think that people just kind of go off. Like I, I do believe that uh, you can lose some of your creativity if you, are constantly masturbating. I think that you can lose that. And, and it makes sense if you really think of it as energy. Like if you're over here overworking a certain part of your body, you're going to lose energy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're giving it away. And even on the internet, you if you immediately pick up your phone and, and check it, then you're giving away your energy first thing in the morning. You wake up, check your phone, first thing in the morning, it's all given to everybody else. So it's just a matter of, everything has to be done in moderation. Everything can't be excessive and crazy. Um, I am known for doing crazy shit, but it, again, I, I tried stuff. Some things I like, some things I don't, some things I'm like, no, I, I did it back then. I'm not going to do it again. And, um, you know, you mentioned the accident. It of course changed everything. I, I broke my neck. So, I've had like five surgeries over from 2014 to 2019. I, I was in recovery. I destroyed my shoulder, my neck and, and eventually my foot because I have nerve damage. So, you know, then it every, you know, sex took kind of a back seat, but on the other hand, I still included it, you know, mm -hmm. it, when I could, I did. And not just for work, even though I would record everything <laughs> because that was kind of my thing. Like if I'm doing it, I might as well record it. Um, so it, um, I think people can take everything in excess. Like, it doesn't really matter. You can say, oh, I have a sex addiction. Well, not really. Uh, you don't have a chemical change in your body, what addiction to other things do to uh, rather when you are, you know, interested in having sex. Like, mm -hmm. that's not, you may have a uptake in dopamine and serotonin, but that's within your own body. And again, it's a natural instinct. I mean, like I say, it's a basic instinct. So, you know, that's why the movie's named Basic Instinct. <laughs> like, it's just part of us. And we should be exploring those things. We should be evolving with those things and growing with those things. And, and I, you know, everyone lives their life in fear yeah. because that's how, again, we're controlled through fear. That's just how we control each other. It's how we control ourselves is through anxiety and fear and you know, there's a lot of things you don't need to be afraid of. Just, you know, pick the things you enjoy and, and you know, find the things that bring you that joy and happiness in your life, regardless of what it is. Yep. Yep. Oh, excellent message. Deep, um, in addition to, you know, all the recognition and the awards that you've gotten, I, I noticed that I, I think it was maybe last year or th uh, this year, you got this special recognition award for mental health awareness. And I was wondering if you could just say it, because I know, you know, as part of the, the, the your practice, you know, you, you deal with not just physical, but, you know, you talk about mental, spiritual, emotional stuff, um, which obviously sexuality has all these components. Talk about that award, if you would. What, what was the, the mental health awareness award that you got all about? 
Um, I, for a while, and I, I need to get back to it, but I, there was a, with uh, X Critic, which is a uh, industry publication there, I had a, I have a blog. So it's basically, um, it kind of, it's basically a mental health blog on, on X Critic. And I like to give, you know, support and mm -hmm. like to offer um, other sex workers the support that they need and you know explanation some of it can be business consultation some of it can be mental health but you know in my industry because of the negativity that we get it it really puts a lot of pressure on you as a person mm. and i can honestly say that myself included i think the majority of people on in the industry are pretty uh, neurodiverse um and if you understand the neurotypical neurodiverse spectrums um, they're people that are creative. They are people that are artists. They're, and so you just have maybe some things that it, like social anxiety with other people. And maybe you don't, you know, fit very well. You don't fit into the box of what society tells you to do. So, you know, different, you know, the majority, I would say 99.9% .9 of people have anxiety. Like that's just innate in being human. Um, but other mental health issues, you shouldn't be afraid to share and talk about those things. Um, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be a stigma that's been on it forever. Um, and I, I've learned, you know, through studying and classes and, and really looking at different perspectives of not just a clinical psychology perspective, but looking at things holistically that, um, a lot of disorders are, and are caused by, trauma are caused by childhood trauma and because people think you know there's big t trauma there's little t trauma big t trauma means that something drastic happened like my car accident mm -hmm. or you know sexual abuse or you know these things that are drastic in my life that literally flip the switch you know but then there's little tiny things that people you know have throughout their lives if maybe you have an emotional attachment problem maybe you have this or that you know there's so many of them and pretty much the majority of humans have it like you don't evolve and grow without some kind of like trauma happening to you You have to have something happen that makes you get out of your comfort zone so that you can keep growing um as a human like your body stops but not your brain and um you know i think that a lot of people just have this idea that it's not okay to share and you know i I really truly believe I say it's like the three C's, uh, you know, there's another three C's in psychology, but me, it's like communication and comprehension lead to connection. And really what it means is you can talk, but is anybody listening? Like, is the person actually hearing what you say and are they getting what you say? Um, because that's the only way to connect with that other person is to truly like understand what are they talking about and care and take the time. Because I think in society now, everything is about, you know, that quick dopamine hit in your brain of like, go, 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 go. It makes me go. Yep. Well, yep. you know, and, you know, things like TikTok, even though I have a TikTok, like, I mean, that just makes that worse because we're, we're all attention deficit. Yeah. <laughs> like we can't focus. So yeah. it, it does take that in relationships is to really communicate with each other, talk and understand and learn. And, and because your brain doesn't grow unless you just keep feeding it information and truly like feel seeing there's a difference than just your physical body. Um, really seeing that 
behind that is is something different you know we put all these masks on of who we are and but behind that you're you're just you're just this energy and you have to kind of connect to that so i mm-hmm. do all kinds of things um i offer uh i do lives all the time on on talking about meditation and yoga and things that you can, you know, connect with your inner self so that you can go back and do your shadow work and go back and look at your uh, inner child and see, you know, what happened back then. Because therapy to me is always getting stuck in that past of, you know, let me tell you my story. A lot of people live with these stories of like, who are you? Okay, let me repeat myself again on who I am. And that's because of what I've been through. But it's really about, you know, I teach about living in the present, like being grateful for every day. And that's kind of what I've learned through my, um, my recovery and survival of this car accident is that every single day is so precious. I could have easily not been here. And um, I feel like it's kind of like my purpose to help others um, kind of re- remember and reattach to who they are without this all these blocks caused by society it it can be way more than sexual I mean it can be all kinds of things but you have to you have to go back and and face the bad shit before you can move forward and but you have to remember that you know all that really exists is right now not 10 minutes ago or not the future of like living in your dreams of I have all these ideas but I'm never going to act on them I'm just going to sit here and keep dreaming that, you know, I'm going to win the lottery. You know, I mean, you don't even know how many people say that to me. Like somebody said it <laughs> earlier today. I'm like, y'all say that to me like all the time. Like I'm going to win the lottery. It didn't win today. I'm like, is this the dream? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, it's actually getting up off your butt and making things happen. So, yep. yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I, I try to instill is that we all have this inner person. We all have this inner consciousness we all have this um you know this downloads of information that just come to us and where did it come from well i don't know i mean i'm not super religious but i do believe that there's a connection with all of us and i do believe that we are a collective consciousness that you know these kind of things just come to you but you're born with these gifts you just have to find them you just have to recognize them and get rid of all the other shit that, you know, mom told you to be a teacher, <laughs> like like me, you know, everybody was a teacher. So why don't you do that too? Yep. And then she says, now I told you teaching's awful. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay mom, that's awful. I try to share as much information as I can um, with my uh, family of adult industry workers, um, sex workers. I, I believe sex workers have a really bad rap. Um, more than anything, we're companions and service workers. We're entertainers. It just depends on what route you take in that industry. Yep. Um, and, you know, and a lot of times we're single moms. Like, it, literally, the performers most of the time are single moms who need to take care of themselves. And we don't want a job where we are at nine to five and never with our kids. Like, and now... Luckily, there's platforms where so many more people can do it. So many more things have opened up to others to be able to get into the industry without having that, you know, email list Um, and understanding that you can make your own content and you can collaborate with other people and you can start to build. We're always the always the dreamers, always the ones on the cusp of everything. You know, now Twitter, I think, is going to become the new 
OnlyFans, you know, <laughs> because yeah. they realize, oh shit, like the this is a huge billion dollar industry, and and why have we blocked it from from being an industry, an entertainment industry? Um, it's like okay, Hollywood's fine, you know, great movies are great, but why why have we just like said that this entertainment industry is garbage? And connecting it with a crime, which is where I always come into saying, like, this is just bullshit. Like, right. we're the least of that. We have, you know, we have proof of shit. And, like, go to Twitter, go to Facebook, go to Instagram, and there's crimes happening there a lot worse than they're happening on these sites <laughs> that are intended for adult content. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. T- speaking of um, that, and you know, sort of, looking at technology because i you know i mentioned at the beginning that you know you're also involved in sort of the future the, sort of the next generation of all this stuff uh uh in terms of the metaverse and, and the virtual reality and all that bit um but interestingly your 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 practice is named after the karma sutra which is you know a couple thousand years old yeah. um and you know the the original texts uh, on these matters um talk about sort of where you see a lot of this going i mean obviously uh, people that love vr and the metaverse and all that stuff but where's sexuality headed uh what's your vision for for all this uh because there's really you know you know the people the the, 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 i would say i call myself like now an intuitive intimacy coach because in my opinion i would hope that people start to do more introspective work on themselves So, and kind of, you know, separate themselves from, from the whole societal crap that we put upon ourselves. Like I, I I even have the discussion a lot of times about how I feel like porn stars, uh, we all give ourselves a screen name, a stage name, right? And we don't use our real names. And, but why? Like actors don't, actors don't, they're not always that same character, they they're different characters and but they can have their own real name and so because we give ourselves these stage names and these these screen names that are not real um then it makes it more difficult for banking and it makes it more difficult for us to be looked at as a real actor because we're not using a real name we're using yeah. a fake name and we're hiding behind the fake name because we feel like oh crap well it it's you know me i'll be doxed is what they say is, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll be called out for who you really are. Um, And, you know, in my coaching practice, I started to use my real name. I was like, I don't know why I'm afraid of this. I don't know why I'm afraid of me. I don't know why I'm afraid of being a strong, powerful, sexual woman who made her choices. Like, why am I saying I have to be desire and instead of Silla Kavanaugh, like I'm fine saying my name, but like, I mean, and, and that's something that took a while for me to break is that understanding of like, why am I afraid of this? And instead of just explaining that we're all like, we're all business owners in this industry. We're all people who choose this openly. It's consensual as adults. And I feel that's the thing with society in general is that I hope that by accepting, and, and some of my friends say that, by accepting porn stars, we'll save the world. <laughs> because, I mean, w- what it is is saying, I accept sexual sexuality and I accept sex. And, and you know, it brings about creativity and peace. It doesn't bring about anger and, and hatred and, and power and strength. Those are not the things that come with your sacral chakra. You know, it brings about your 
love and peace and connection and, and empathy and creativity. And these are the things I feel like are trying to be held back. So I hope the world will start realizing, oh, okay, that's where it comes from. So I'm not afraid of it anymore. And if I want to be a more creative person, it's okay to step into that, you know, masculine side to be out there, but also the feminine side to, to express these things. And, yep. and I hope more men do, to be honest, like my fans, my platforms all are catered to men and, and they have been, um, and then their, their partners, which, you know, I have lots of couple people that enjoy what I do, but you know, the majority is men and I, you know, as a as a coach, I hope I can help men realize that, you know what, it's okay to accept the feminine side of you. It's mm -hmm. okay to express your emotions. It's okay to heal. It's okay to be empathetic and connect to somebody truly that it's not just a sexual act. Because mm -hmm. for years I said, oh, I, I have sex and I don't have any emotion towards it. Well, that's not true. Like I, I was kind of denying myself my truth. Um, and it was it was because of my partner. Um, it, you know, it, he, it was a rule. Like you can't be emotionally connected to, to someone else. And then I realized, wait, emotions are just energy in motion. So how can I say I'm not, I'm not sharing energy with somebody? That's not true. Like sexual experiences are intimacy. So is talking. <laughs> and, and you're always going to share energy. Like you can't be like, I block off all my emotions. I don't feel anything. Well, that's just bullshit. Like, you know, you do. And you're just telling yourself that. Right. And why? Why? Because I'm supposed to have one partner I should feel something for, right? Well, no, like, or one over somebody else. Like, I'm too complex as a person. You're too complex as a person for one person to ever meet your needs. That's why we have other people in our lives. And you can't expect another person to meet all your needs. You, they need to, you need to share that. Now, does that mean you have sex with everybody? Not necessarily. Like, that's your choice. But I do consider myself polyamorous. But more than anything, I consider myself more sapiosexual, which is, I'm just, I'm just interested in your brain. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I, I find that sexy if you're smart. <laughs> so, it's not, it's not a physical trait thing for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, one, one last thing, and I, I really appreciate all the time you're spending and educating us on all this, but the um, a couple of years ago, uh, there was actually an article, it was on the front page of the New York Times, and it was talking about how, and I know the order, um, about how the the MILF, the cougar, and, and all the other sub-themes along sort of the uh, the aging, let's say, trajectory have have really taken off um, as sort of a niche, let's say. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, there's sort of this topic of longevity, healthy aging, which you know fits into a lot of you know some of the things you you consult on uh, is a hot topic for us. And I, I was just you know kind of interested in you know you've, you've laid the groundwork for a lot of this, uh, and, and I'm just interested in you know are you seeing you mentioned your mother. I mentioned my my parents along the way, but sort of you know anything interesting happening on sort of the uh, the healthy aging front as pertains to sexuality and some of what you see in your practice and consult on. Um, I see. You know, like I said, I still I there's still this old information um, that we are stuck with, that people get stuck with, that they can't get past. Well, you know, I become a mom, so then I'm not sexual being anymore, right. or I become a grandma. So how can I do that? Like, 
I, you know, what kind of influence am I going to be for my kids? Well, hopefully your influence is that you're, you're a person and you're human and, and you're open to them asking you questions and being able to share that information with them and, and actually teach them because you've learned some wisdom, you know, and because I think, I, I think the MILF, um, you know, what gilf cougar whatever the heck you want to go with like that's more popular because people go oh wait wow that person has a lot more experience like i like i said i was married for like 25 years so like i don't know my experiences were always with my husband but now that i haven't been married for two years I, i really don't date but on the other hand like i get tons of guys that hit me up that are way younger actually um than me and I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big on younger people, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, uh, but you know, I get it. Like they just want somebody that's more experienced and wants somebody that actually knows what's happening and is open to these things. Because I think when you're younger, you have a certain life path that you feel like you have to follow. Mm. You know, you go to school, you graduate from high school, you go to college, you get your degree, you meet your girlfriend, you have you know, you get married, you have the 2.5 kids or whatever. Like there's, there's a path that people put themselves on just depending on your culture. And I think that, you know, you get past that and you realize, oh shit, you have a point in your life where you go, there is no path. There is no real way I'm supposed to do this life. Like, this is my story to tell. This is my book to write. This is my movie to make. And I'm the producer. So uh, what is it? What does it matter what this path that I'm supposed to follow is? Um, So and why is it that women of a certain age are no longer sexual? Actually, my my sexual peak has been like in my 40s. And I didn't even become a porn star until I was 35. So like I and I've been I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 next year. So I you know, 15 years of my life, that's the most sex I've ever had <laughs> was later, not, not back when I was, you know, being young mommy who had to take care of the kids and that's all she thought about. So I think that, you know, men, they hit their sexual peak in their twenties, women hit their sexual peak in like their forties. Like it's, it's the opposite. Like we're done with having babies, you know, take out the uterus. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. I'm <laughs> like, I don't got any of that problem anymore. So now I can just have fun and yeah. I'm not going to be having any babies. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I think the experience, I think the less concern, um, I do believe that the older you are, the more you accept yourself and your body and how you look and who you are. And you start to see yourself in a in a more positive fashion and you learn that like why am I being so mean to me you know and if you do the work you don't have to wait until your 40s you don't have to have this great big blow up in your life to wake you up and realize oh damn like how am I treating myself because society puts so much pressure on people to look like each other like social media is all about these fake filters of like here's what you look like but it's not even you and I mean, I, you know, I can't say I'm not dysmorphic, like I get Botox. <laughs> I, like, I look at myself all day long. But I mean, on the other hand, I've learned to accept my body. Like I've had three kids, I get that I'm going to have a little bit of a belly, like, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I'm curvy. And, and it's just, 
accepting who you are. And I think the older you get, that's easier to do because before that you're honestly, girls worry about what girls think of them, right, not right. boys. Boys don't care. Boys are like, yeah, I'm all for that. Tell you like, but girls like, damn, I got cellulite. So they're hard, much harder on themselves than than the guys are hard on them. It's not yeah. boys that are hard on them. It's other girls or, or just themselves. So it's it's just accepting who you are. And I think as you get older, that's something that's easier to do because you've been through more and you realize, shit, the, I, I earned these scars. I earned these. Yeah. I earned these stripes like I'm OK with me. And you know what? It's it's OK to feel this way because I live myself you know, grateful. I'm just grateful to be here. Like I, not everybody gets the opportunity to be 50 years old, you know? I mean, so I, I don't know. I think, I think that's a big part of it. And, and because sexuality in itself is who you are, sex in itself is just how you feel. And can you just be present in the moment to have a good time and not, you know, put all this other pressure on you to be something that you're not. Awesome message. Really awesome message. Really, really great stuff. I, I I so much appreciate you know you sharing you know all of this knowledge with us. Um, you know, going to continue to to follow uh, you and 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 all these new initiatives that you're you're planning. Um, for everybody again that is going to be listening to this particular episode of our show across the various podcast networks or watching on the YouTube channel. Again, you've been listening to D Siren performer, director, producer, sexual educator, content creator, and chief executive officer, Siren Triple X Studios. Also check out mykarmasutra.com. Um, Dee, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come talk to us for a little while uh, on all these topics. Obviously, thank you for everything you're up to. And as we say on our show, um, thanks for helping to be, create a better tomorrow and educate us on possibilities for a better tomorrow via what you do. Really great story. Thank you. I appreciate it.